Revelation chapter 6 begins with the Lamb, Jesus opening the seals of the scroll. Jesus is the only one worthy to open the scroll and loose its seven seals. Today on Drawing Near, we observe the breaking of the first seal. So take your Bible and turn to the Revelation of Jesus Christ chapter 6 and join us for Behold a White Horse. As we begin today, let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you for your glorious work in redemption and in judgment. Father, we are so thankful that you are holy, holy, holy. You are righteous. You are good. You are just. You are also loving, patient, and kind, gracious and merciful. And Father, we thank you that in your love for us and your grace and mercy, you have redeemed us through the blood of Jesus Christ. His victory on the cross through his death, burial, and resurrection enables him, Father, to open the scroll and loose its seven seals. We ask, Father, as we explore his loosing of the seven seals, that you will give us wisdom and discernment, that you will comfort and guide your people. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. In Revelation chapter 6, verse 1, we read, Then I saw when the Lamb broke one of the seven seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures saying, as with a voice of thunder, Come. I looked, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering to conquer. What we see unfolding in Revelation chapter 6 is Jesus beginning the process of reclaiming what belongs to him, the earth and all its inhabitants. Satan, who is a liar and a thief and a murderer, has stolen what belongs to the Lord Christ. He did this in the Garden of Eden when he brought about the sin and the corruption of all of mankind, and that resulted also in the corruption of the earth. Having conquered through his death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus Christ has proven himself worthy to open the scroll and loose its seven seals. Understand that the loosing of these seven seals is the loosing of judgment, God's judgment, upon the earth. It is the Lord Jesus Christ who is doing this. This is not the devil. This is not someone else. And all of this is part of the process in which all of creation will be restored to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. In verse 1, we observe what John sees and what he hears. We read, Then I saw when the Lamb broke one of the seven seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures saying, as with a voice of thunder, Come. The word come is the Greek word erkomai. And it can literally be translated one of two ways, either come or go. And so translators are trying to figure out who this living creature is speaking to. Is he speaking to John and telling him, as some translations say, come and see? Or is he actually speaking to the one on the white horse that we look at in verse 2 and saying, go? As he speaks with the voice of thunder, it seems that he's actually speaking to the one on the white horse. Because in each of these seals that contain a horse that goes forth 
the speaker uses the word erkomai, either come or go. But when a writer is not sent forth, this word is not used. And so we have this living creature, this one on a horse. It appears that the creature is actually thundering, go, as in go forth. When a translation says come and see, they're inserting the word see. Erkomai doesn't contain the word see. It just simply means come or go. So he's either saying to John, come, or he's saying to the one riding the horse, go, as in go forth. In verse 2, John writes, I looked, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. And so the process of the Lord Jesus taking possession of what belongs to him, the earth and all of its inhabitants, begins. When many see this white horse and this one going forth conquering and to conquer, they automatically assume that this is the Lord Jesus Christ. It is not. We see the Lord Jesus on his white horse coming with his multitudes in Revelation chapter 19. This is not Jesus. Rather, this is the Antichrist. How do we know it's the Antichrist? Jesus makes this known to us in Matthew chapter 24. In Matthew chapter 24, beginning in verse 3, we read, As he, Jesus, was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, See to it that no one misleads you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will mislead many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened, for these things must take place. But that is not yet the end. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And in various places there will be famines and earthquakes, but all these things are merely the beginning of birth pangs. Then they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you, and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. At that time many will fall away and will betray one another and hate one another. Many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. If you were to hold up Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 4, To the seals in Revelation chapter 6, you would see a striking parallel. Revelation chapter 6 talks about deception, followed by war, followed by famine, followed by death, and martyrs. Jesus has the exact same references in Matthew 24. He talks about false Christs, wars and rumors of wars, then famines and earthquakes, then followers of the Lord Jesus Christ being killed. These things are parallel. Jesus literally tells us in Matthew 24 the meaning of Revelation chapter 6. It is always important when you come to difficult passages in the Scripture to interpret the Scripture with other Scriptures, and that's what we do here. Jesus lets us know that this one referred to in verse 2 of Revelation chapter 6 is a false Christ, is a deceiver. 
Here are some signs from Revelation 6, verse 2. He comes masquerading on a white horse. The idea of a white horse gives the appearance of one who is coming in purity or in peace, who is coming to establish the positive things on the earth, and the Antichrist is going to come pretending to be the Savior of the world. But his true colors are going to be seen, and ultimately he is going to seize power and bring war and destruction on the earth. He comes forward carrying a bow. In Revelation 19, we see Jesus coming forward and judging with the sword of his mouth, not a bow. We never see the Lord Jesus carrying a bow. Another indication that what we see in Revelation chapter 6, verse 2, is not the Lord Jesus Christ, but a pretender. All of the earth is going to want to embrace this false Christ and the peace that he promises. He is going to bring about a reconciliation between Israel and Israel's enemies. The temple is going to be rebuilt. And then we have what Daniel calls and what Jesus calls the abomination of desolation that will occur. We'll see more about that later. This one on the white horse in Revelation 6-2 has a bow, but no arrows. Many people mention the fact that he has no arrows. Maybe it's the idea that he comes forward with a bow, promising peace, and the arrows come later. I wonder if this bow doesn't fire the fiery darts of Satan that Ephesians 6 talks about. He also has a crown that is given to him. This is a victor's crown. This is like some recognition of people on the earth, of his bringing about peace or victory. And yet, we're told at the end of verse 2, he goes out conquering and to conquer. His conquering initially is through his deception and his lies. That's what Satan is all about. He is a liar and a deceiver. And we're told that his deceptions are so good that if these days hadn't been shortened, Even the very elect would be deceived. I want to close today with a passage from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. The believers in Thessalonica had been told that Jesus Christ had already come. And Paul, writing to the church in Thessalonica, was trying to correct that error and tell them things that had to take place before the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1, we read this. Now we request you, brethren, with regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, that you not be quickly shaken from your composure or be disturbed either by a spirit or a message or a letter as if it came from us, a letter to the effect that the day of the Lord has already come. Paul continues, Let no one deceive you in any way, for it will not come unless the apostasy comes first, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction. That's the one we call the Antichrist. Paul says in verse 4, It is he who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. That is the abomination of desolation. Paul continues, Do you not remember, while I was still with you, I was telling you these things? And you know what restrains him now, so that in his time he will be revealed. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. 
Only he who now restrains him will do so until he is taken out of the way. Then that lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will slay with the breath of his mouth and will bring to an end by the appearance of his coming. That is, the one whose coming is in accord with the activity of Satan, with all power and signs and false wonders, and with all the deception of wickedness for those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth so as to be saved. For this reason God will send upon them a deluding influence, so that they will believe what is false, in order that they all may be judged who did not believe the truth, but took pleasure in wickedness. This passage clearly says that the Lord Jesus Christ has not come again yet, that the Antichrist must precede the coming of the Lord Jesus, that the Lord Jesus will judge him with the sword of his mouth when he comes. But it also tells us the reason for the Antichrist. He is going to come and deceive all of those who have not trusted the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, who have taken pleasure in wickedness, and God is going to use the Antichrist to deceive them and to judge them for rejecting the gospel and their wickedness. How is the church of God to respond today to this message? Well, again in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, beginning in verse 13, we read this. God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and faith in the truth. It is for this he has called you through our gospel, that you may gain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brethren, stand firm and hold to the traditions which you were taught, whether by word of mouth or by letter from us. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who has loved us and given us eternal comfort and good hope by grace, comfort and strengthen your hearts in every good work and word. We who through faith in Jesus Christ belong to him need to press forward in our salvation, being sanctified by the work of the Spirit and faith in the word of God, the truth. And we need to continue to stand firm and hold fast to the word of God. And God himself, who has loved us and has given us eternal comfort, will give us eternal comfort and good hope by grace. Father, as the Church of Christ awaits the day of the Lord, we pray that you would give us wisdom and discernment, that through your Spirit and your Word, we would continue to learn and grow as followers of Jesus Christ, and that we would also continue to be faithful witnesses on this earth and restrain ourselves from partaking of the wickedness that this world enjoys. Father, we know that true pleasure, true joy, comes from serving faithfully before the Lord Jesus Christ under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for your indwelling Spirit and for your Word, which not only informs us, but gives us comfort and encouragement. Guide your people. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.